We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. Um, this is going to be a shorter video. This is really just going to be me giving a broader outline of how I think and, you know, places where the Chargers should be attacking um, in free agency and the draft or pretty much just the offseason in total. Because, you know, as uh, the months go on leading up to the to free agency and the draft, I'll obviously have more in-depth videos of, you know, player contract projections and, you know, where they should be targeting. But I really just want to, you know, talk about how the Chargers should, how I think the Chargers should approach the offseason and, you know, listening to some Brandon Staley quotes and what, what he said, I think it gives a pretty good indication of where the Chargers are going to go in the offseason. So the first thing I wanted to do is show you guys that the Chargers are in a very, very good spot entering the offseason. As you can see, um, this was a graph that I made uh, this past week, and it's pretty much looking at every team's win percentage from 2021, and I created this off-season composite score. Um, I know that sounds kind of fancy. I know it may sound like something, you know, some of you might not have heard of before, um, but really it took three things into account and it made a score for every team regarding how good their offseason is compared to like the rest of the league. So the offseason composite score was made up of a team's draft capital using the Fitzgerald Spielberger draft value chart. It also took their effective cap space um, heading into free agency and their available prorated money. So effective cap space is a team's cap space entering free agency, which is a larger number, minus um, the amount of players needed to get to 51 players on an active roster times the minimum salary needed to sign a player. So it's taking a player times their min a minimum contract in the NFL and multiplying that value by however players are needed to be signed to fulfill the 51 active roster players, if that makes sense. So that that's what effective cap space is. And available prorated money is basically saying 
based on the contracts of the players you have on your active roster, how much money can be converted into signing bonuses to push money further into the future. Now, this is something that the Chargers rarely do. Tom Telesco never does this, right? But um, what, what we find is, you know, teams like the Eagles or the Saints who are always in a bad cap situation, they'll start prorating money. So they'll take a player's base salary or sal uh, you know, roster bonus and convert it into a signing bonus to push money to the future to create more cap space for the present. So as you can see, um, I put this into one, I made a formula to create one score to evaluate a team's offseason and how well every single team is, is doing. Um, you can see the Chargers are in the top right quadrant, which is where you want to be. They have the third best offseason composite score, which is amazing, right? 11 draft picks, second in a cap effective cap space. Uh, they don't really have a ton of prorated money, but that's not that big of an issue because we don't need to create more cap space because we already have a lot. So um, that's one graph that shows, you know, how, how good the Chargers are heading into this offseason. This is a similar graph if you just want to look at draft capital and effective cap space. Um, as we wait for this to load. Um, so while it's loading, there we go. So you can see the Chargers have the second most effective cap space, um, and they are above average when it comes to draft capital per the uh, Fitzgerald Spielberger uh, draft capital value chart. Um, you know, even though they have 11 picks, a lot of them are comp compensatory picks in the later sixth and seventh round. So However many of those players actually pan out, you know, it's probably going to be very low, um, but it's really good to see them having the second most amount of effective cap space heading into free agency. Um, the last thing I wanted to point out uh, regarding free agency before I go into, um, you know, what I wanted to talk about, which is our you know, free agent players and you know, what they should be looking to attack is my QB help composite score. So if you have it, if you don't follow me on Twitter um, at ArjunMenin100, um, I post graphs and tables like these all the time, not, not only just about the Chargers, but about the NFL in general. And one of the things I created this off or the season actually was a way to evaluate how good a quarterback's team is around him. So this is basically, this table is looking at every quarterback's or every team, special teams EPA, rush EPA, defensive EPA allowed, um, how often the targeted receiver is, is charted as open by PFF and ESPN's pass block win rate for every single NFL team. And again, I threw all of these or all five of these um, statistics into one formula to create a QB team help composite score. Uh, and this composite score ranges from zero to 100 uh, and I only looked at the the starting quarterbacks or the quarterbacks that had the most snaps for every NFL team so as you can see Justin Herbert ranks 19th in my QB help metric that's not good that is not like that's first of all below average right only three quarterbacks made the playoffs having a below average QB composite score nine of the top 10 teams with with above with an above average or nine of the top 10 teams with nine of the top 10 teams in, in my composite score ranking made the playoffs so last offseason I said the Chargers need to have a top five offense they need to protect Herbert they did that they got an offensive line admittedly struggled towards the end of the year especially on the right side but they got an offensive line and they finished as a top five offense now 
the goal is get in this top 10, find some way to get in this top 10. And for the chargers, that's fixing this, this defense, fixing this defense has to be the number one priority. Getting Justin Herbert from 19th to the top 10 is, is why they'll be a Super Bowl contender. Not him making an MVP jump because we already know he's a, he's an MVP candidate next year. No matter how bad this offseason will be, as long as he's healthy going into next season, he's going to be an MVP candidate. So like I said, you know, my QB team help composite score, it isn't a finished product. It isn't by all means like a perfect way to measure how good a team is around a quarterback. But the thing is, there isn't many metrics like that. I haven't, I personally haven't seen anyone even try to quantify the quote unquote help that a quarterback has, like I have. So, you know, as long as my metric is the only way to evaluate it, this is what I'm going to use to say, this is how good everyone else, everyone else's quarterback's team is compared to Justin Herbert. So remember, 19th is too low. They missed the playoffs because of their defense, because early, early in their year, you know, special teams, things like that. So um, that kind of leads me to, you know, the, the last couple of things I wanted to talk about, which was, you know, how do the Chargers attack this offseason? Second most effective cap space. We have some very important free agents. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows, you know, our effective cap space is probably going to go up, probably cutting Brian Bulaga, saving us about eight to 10 million in cap space, I believe. So you're going to have a good amount of money to spend, but it, it all starts for me. Like you have to take care of the in-house guys first. And so just real quickly, I'm not going to go in depth because that's for another video, but in terms of ranking the importance of getting these players back, I have three, I had three like tiers of how I would rank our, um, our in-house free agents. Number, the first tier is I really want them back. I'm willing to overpay if necessary. And to me, and this is all in order, by the way, in order, this is number one, Mike Williams, number two, Achena Nobosu, and number three, Ode Ibushi. There's one exception, and I know Kaiser White, I didn't include him in this top tier. I'm going to explain it in the next tier. But Mike Williams, essential, you know, I think he's worth a $15, $16 million contract. I really would not like to see him go over that if we had to franchise tag him like the Bears did with Robinson and uh, Bucks did with Godwin, so be it, and try to work out a long-term long deal after that. But retaining him is important. If he hits the open market, the Jags, the Dolphins, every team that needs a wide receiver one is going to overpay for him, and that cannot be understated. So not letting him hit the open market like Hunter Henry did is, is going to be crucial for the Chargers to keep him and keep this top five offense intact. Uchenna Nwosu, another guy, another premium, another premium position, right? Mike Williams receiver, Chenna at edge. Came on strong to finish the year, had some really big games against the Chiefs and the Raiders. I don't need to explain that. You guys saw the, the tape. You guys watched the games. He's, he played really well. He seemed like he fit Staley's scheme towards the end of the year and giving Bosa, you know, his running mate for another year is, um, is, is really important. Abushi and I just, I want him back because he was really good as a starter. And if he doesn't start next year, he's good as a death player, because if he's not healthy, then he shouldn't be starting, but we all saw what he could do in a starting role. So if at worst, he's our backup guard, that's better than coming into the year with like Brendan with a rookie, as our backup, right? Now the tier two 
is are guys that I really want, I would like to have back at the right price. So I don't want to overpay for them. If they leave, I won't be too mad. But again, Kaiser White is the exception. And Kaiser White is like this tweener in my rankings. He's a definite number four, but could always be up to number two. Kaiser had a breakout year, fit the scheme perfectly, did everything I think Staley wanted him to do. Yeah, he wasn't perfect. Yeah, he missed some tackles. Yeah, he had some coverage lapses, but he was the best linebacker on our on on the field by far, probably the third or fourth best defensive player after Derwin Bosa and depending on how you rank Kaiser and Naz. The reason I don't, I, I could see myself not caring so much if he left is like, you don't traditionally want to pay off-ball linebackers a good amount of money. And if he's going to get eight to 10 mil on the open market, I think that's too much to pay a linebacker. And that's traditionally just not smart team building, right? Like, Again, I'm going to go more into that depth in a future video, but basically the linebacking group is a weak link system. So basically it's only as strong as its weakest link. It's not as strong as the strongest guy. That's why the Vikings have always had a good linebacking room, but teams like the Seahawks, you know, Wagner and KJ, KJ Wright in their prime, they were always really good, but no matter how good your first guy is, it's always going to be how bad your second guy is that dictates how bad the contract will be. So I don't really mind if he leaves. Obviously would love to have him back. I thought he was an awesome addition. I've always seen the potential with him. Um, but yeah, he's number four. Number five, Justin Jones. Again, just can't stay healthy. Um, he's, he, ha he flashes every game or so. Obviously, you know, the stats, his on-off splits are pretty uh, pretty impressive for him uh, going into free agency. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like on-off splits are kind of like, they're kind of bad to use. Um, again, I'll, I'll explain more of this in, in a future video. Six, Justin Jackson, kind of like the last guy in this year. I, I don't want to list every single free agent player, but yeah, Justin Jackson, I don't like, he's a great RB2 when healthy, just can't stay healthy and really just doesn't add any juice in terms of speed. Two guys I just don't want back before I end the video. Chris Harris Jr., Linval Joseph. Chris Harris Jr., one of the best slot cornerbacks of all time. You know, someone to be watched. I watched growing up for the Broncos Super Bowl, all that had a, had an amazing career, just couldn't stay healthy in, in his two years with the Chargers, really got exposed in the last like four weeks of the season. And it, it just it was so disappointing to see teams just run, you know, when they knew the Chargers were in man on the goal line, they just ran a motion for the receiver Chris Harris was guarding and Harris just he didn't have the juice anymore to keep up. And it just seemed like he was getting toasted by quicker receivers in the slot, which, and, you know, at, by the end of the season, he wasn't even in on base snaps. He was only in for nickel packages. So, you know, don't really want to see him back. Does is not an indication of how I feel about him as a player. I just think there's, you know, the Chargers could spend their money elsewhere. And then obviously Linval Joseph, um, I think he lost his juice after he got COVID and he just didn't really show me enough to warrant another spot on the team. But again, going to do a full like player breakdown in a future video, I just wanted to give some names and tears out of how I see things right now. Now, again, the point of this video was to show the Chargers are in a very good spot in the offseason. Like you saw all three of my tables and my charts and how I saw the Chargers. You know, they were all in the top right quadrant in terms of offseason resources and they need to get their team help ranking from 19th to somewhere at least in the top 10 because as as we can see you know the the top 10 nine of the top 10 teams went to the playoffs so guys uh thank you for watching this video um and with that as always bolts up
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.